Right. It's got to get past, look at how I know Jesus. Because discipleship is not, look at how I know Jesus. It's teaching you what I know, right. showing you what I know, leading you in what I know. Welcome to the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim, two pastors discussing practical details about life, leadership, parenting, and being more centered around Jesus first. The goal of this show is to help you keep your eyes on Jesus through the busyness of life and clutter of your schedules. Now, join us for the conversation. Hey, welcome to the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim. We're so grateful, thankful, and excited to be with you today. Thanks for checking our podcast out. And today's a great episode. We're going to talk about digital discipleship. This is something that it feels like every church is trying to not only figure out, but move towards, but yeah. we want to have some discussion around like, how do you do that? How do you do it purposefully? What works? What doesn't? And also just like our own opinions on maybe how we'd go about it. But before we get into that, Tim, listen, you are a digital guy. Like you are on every platform imaginable. I can't tell you how many notifications I get a day that you've either posted something or I've been tagged in something <laughs> and I love it. And yeah, I love sorry it. about that. <laughs> no, it's great. It's fantastic. Kidding. And I, I absolutely, absolutely love it. <laughs> but I'm, I'm curious when you hear this term, okay, digital discipleship, does that term go together? <laughs> like, can that actually be done? Cause you know, we just did an episode about evangelism yeah. And all the different types of evangelism and how they're, you know, one-on-one -on -one and group settings. And we talked about getting out and having conversations digitally. Like how do, what, what does that sound like? What does that mean to you? Digital discipleship. Yeah. Well, if you're watching the video version, we're both on our Apple vision pros. So hey. we just, Hey, no, that, we don't have, we have pastor money. We don't have that kind of money. <laughs> That's have you crazy, seen those dude. things? Those things are crazy. That's, That's like a new, I was thinking like, man, how much are, is that going to be like you're in a small group now and you don't have to be with the person, but you can literally have yeah. on your Apple Vision Pro and you look at the person on the couch and they're actually on your couch, but digitally there. Like it's just right. augmented reality is kind of the, we don't know exactly what's going to happen, but it's, I think, to yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. But I think to answer your question, you could put digital in front of anything now. I mean, yep. any evangelism, teaching, preaching prophesying. I mean, you could put a digital in front of anything now. So with that, it's kind of like the Jurassic Park question. Just because you could, does that mean you should? You really have to be intentional with the discipleship part. The other stuff comes naturally, the digital marketing, the digital announcements, the digital teaching is a little easier than I think the discipleship's kind of like, do we? Like, it, mm. like are we actually discipling online or is, are we just spewing information about our upcoming event, you know, and uh, yep. a lot of people use, a lot of churches use their Facebook pages or stuff just for, hey, look what we're doing, come to it. Yes. And so I think when we talk about discipleship, it's like, are you giving spiritual nourishment to your current church or to Christians in general, you know? So that spiritual yeah. nourishment comes in various forms and uh, neither one of us are doing this perfectly or even know where the next five years are going to go. Certainly so we're not. just talking a little bit today about kind of either what we've seen or what we've done. I've had a digital ministry since 2018 with Discerning Dad. And so uh, I've done, you know, the gamut of blogs, books, podcasts, uh, live, you know, go on Instagram live or TikTok live or run the clips or post scriptures. And 
I don't even know which ones of those are discipleship necessarily. I know it's a lot of different things. Sure. But I, throughout that whole thing in the ministry, I'll usually get like a comment that's great or a like or a share. But I don't know who I've really discipled like on that deeper level from having right. done this. It's more like a fire hydrant approach sometimes. Like you just drink from a fire hydrant. You just put it all out there. If, if, it, if it lands on somebody, great. And that's, you know, that happens with what we do and you scatter the seeds and you hope God waters it, right? But the discipleship totally. part really makes me think of like, okay, do I know any of my followers online by name? Do I know their lives? Have they reached out for questions? Yeah. And, eh, maybe a few, but the discipleship piece for churches, for you listening, even if you're not in leadership at a church, we really want to talk about how can you be discipled and then right. how can you disciple others online? That's kind of where we want yeah. to take this. I think a lot of people are adding value. A lot of churches, a lot of Christians are adding value to other people's lives through things like this, through podcasts, through reels, through different YouTube shorts, and and really doing what they can to, like you said, sometimes it is drinking from a fire hose, but like get the gospel message out there. And I think that's important. Certainly, like we talked about, that's more of a digital evangelism approach. I, I think it's important for us to know what the goal is when we're doing these things digitally. What I'm finding is that a lot of churches are running after this digital approach because they see it growing other churches. Yeah. And to me, that's really dangerous because the churches that are growing from it are doing it really well and have the resources to do it really well and believe in it, like believe they've been called to it and like were some of the first pioneers to do it. And then you've got like small little Baptist church down the street that's like, we got cameras and we go Facebook live on Sundays. And, you know, during the week we say, join us on Sundays. And so we're, you know, it's like we're entering the digital field too. And it's like, yeah, but you got to have a goal. Like you got to know why you're doing it. I was telling you before we started this, I've had multiple conversations with church leaders over the last several months that are moving to a digital platform. And they're really excited about it. And they've got all these plans. And then I go, that's great. You guys are awesome. Why? Yeah. Like, why are you doing it? And it's not like we believe God's called us there. It's not like, hey, through a lot of prayer and discernment, we believe this is the next step in our church. It's not like, hey, we want to reach this community outside of the people who normally attend on Sunday, and we want to draw them into the love that Jesus has for them. Like, I was hoping for answers like that, but honestly, it was more like, we just want people who don't know our churches here to know our churches here. And I'm like, that's marketing. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just marketing. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Do you. Do your marketing. But... You got to know why you're doing it. And so the we're getting cameras and we're going digital and we're doing all these things. Why are we doing it? To marketing. We just want more people. Mm -hmm. And it's like, all right. I mean, you might want to get to a you might want to yeah. get to a minute a ministry layer of why you're doing what you're doing. So for me, like I know at our church one of the things that we try to focus on is ultimately how do we feel we can disciple people best? Well, we feel we can disciple people best in person. That's what we yeah. believe. So because of that, everything we do is kind of this funnel coming down to in person. But we also understand that just like when you come in on a Sunday morning for church, everybody's coming in with different backgrounds, different ex life experiences. They're coming in different places. 
So we want to have some surface level stuff. Like we want to have some like just Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, things like that. But we want that stuff to point you to the next layer, which are things like this podcast, going live on Facebook, engagement that way. But we want that to point you to the next layer, which is like Zoom life groups. And then we want that to point you to the next layer, which is meeting in person, which is why we're doing all of this in the first place. So you need to understand, like, why are you doing what you're doing? Because if you know why you're doing what you're doing, then every post, every episode, everything that you do is going to point people towards being in person, because that's where we believe discipleship happens best. If not, you're just going to go, oh, that's a cool idea. We should do that. Or, oh, let's get all the stuff that Life Church puts out for free and let's share that. And, oh, it's the verse of the day. Let's share that. And, all, and you're just all over the place and you have no culture and you have no real. That's when you don't even know why you're successful if you are successful or why you're not successful if you're not. Because you're just yeah. kind of no rules apply and, and you can do everything. So I think it's needed. I think you got to know why. Yep. You got to know why you're doing it. How, how do you see from a from a structure standpoint like how do you see churches using digital discipleship what are some things you've seen that like are good that are being done maybe what are some things that you know you're eh, cringy you know <laughs> <laughs> a wide net versus a deep net. i'm reading a book from john mark comer right now called practicing the way it's just everything he writes is amazing and he talks really about what did it actually mean to be a disciple and he talks mm. about a first century jewish blessing that says, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. And it doesn't sound like a blessing, but it's like, may you be covered in the dust of your teacher, that you're so intimately close to them that their dust falls on you. And then mm. when you go and wash and clean, you're clean until the next time you go out with him. And then now you're dirty again. And it's like, I wonder how many Christians are disciples of Jesus to that level that, mm. that Jesus rubs off on you and you look like him. And then you need to to, when you take a break and you come back to it, you're going to keep coming back to your master that you look like because you are his disciple, because you do what Jesus did, which is what Christian means. You're a follower of Christ, not just someone who gives God lip service once a month when you come to church. And so it's a problem that churches have with who's a Christian, who's a congregant, who's just a seat filler, who's a casual this, lukewarm this, and who's an actual disciple, meaning that you're doing what Jesus did. You're evangelizing, you're giving of your time, you're giving of your money, you're faithful to where God's planted you. Uh, and that shows up in your life. It shows up in your work. It shows up in your family, all that. And then how do you mm -hmm. do that digitally? It's tough. It's tough because like really you said, in, in person is where it's at. And mm -hmm. so most of what I see online is teachings or most of what I see is like wisdom, but there's no back and forth. None. And so I think probably the closest thing to that would be like a forum or what are those called when you have like just 10 people and you pay money and I can't even think of the name right now, but. Oh, OnlyFans? <laughs> Let's start an OnlyFans account for the church. Let's do it. Pastorsonly.com. You can follow your favorite pastor. They can read the Bible in front of a fireplace and then you give them money. I love it. Okay. Drew and I are starting. Brilliant. We're... <laughs> so. It's brilliant. No, but. I don't see any issues. <laughs> no issues at all. No. Anyway, so. <laughs> Couldn't help myself. No, It was no, too easy. And no, I, but you're right. There is, I can't think of what you're talking about either with like a forum, but you're exactly right. Like any kind of inclusive group that's mm -hmm. just like, it's like a su subscription of some kind yeah. to your content. Right. Yeah. Right.
Yeah. And I think those do really well because you're in this like six, eight week thing with these other similar minded people and you get to know each other very well. You're learning stuff, but you're also giving back of not only your time, but also, you know, whatever the focus is, you're learning and growing. And so I think that's what I see done really well. I like it when like, I don't necessarily like the personality just like of, of a mega pastor or whatever, but I like it when right. the senior pastor is engaged either on like a, a platform like X or they're doing like small snippets, small videos for their congregation during the week. So it's not just, I'll see you next Sunday, but I'll see you tomorrow on the next live I'm on. I like right. that. And that's just me being more of a digital minded person on social media. But I like the fact that you, when you're on social media, your pastor, your leader is going to be in your face of just encouragement or just, hey, God yeah. showed me this today. I think the more that the pastor has access to like social media like that without, you know, doing this big fancy production all the time of like, right. you know, it takes two weeks to produce this one video, whatever. I think more just like the raw in your face lives or just something that you can schedule. So if you want to get live with Drew Thursdays at 11, like your congregation can say, okay, now's the time. I may not have had a chance to talk to him on Sunday, but I can actually be on the live. There's only yep. maybe five, 10 people on there, but I can actually ask questions and hear yep. from his heart a little more. That's one of the things that I really thought was exciting about the whole Apple, what is it? Glasses, Vision goggles, Pro. Vision yeah. Pro. Golly, dude. You know, one of the things I thought was really neat is you have that avatar of yourself. Right. And for me personally, like sometimes I'm like, oh, I want to go live or, oh, I want to record a video. But like I may be just coming out of the gym or I may like be in the car or I just got done working in the yard or something like that. And I do wonder, like, I didn't shave today. I want to mm -hmm. make sure that I, I want to present myself a, a certain way. I want to make sure that I not just get on live at random moments. I want to make sure I got yeah. a shirt on and things like that. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I like is that you have an avatar that you could just use and put in Zoom meetings and put on live and put on all these things. And I'm like, dang, I could... Like essentially Monday through Saturday, just let my avatar run all that and still speak, but just, you know, mm. be in any situation, recreate the environment that I'm in mm -hmm. and I can make it look super professional and I can make it look super clean. And yeah, it's a digital version of me, but it's still me that you're interacting with. And I was like, I don't know, like maybe that's, I, it just, it piqued my interest. And I know if it piqued my interest, there's people that are way smarter and way more creative than I am. And I'm sure it piqued theirs. Yeah. So I just wonder if that's maybe like where we're walking towards, because, you know, look, a lot of pastors, the reason you engage with them on social media during the week is because they have videographers following them around, camera yeah. guys following them around. And, you know, you get that great shot of the pastor with his hand raised on Sunday and then a great scripture to go along with it. Or you get a video of the pastor having a conversation with somebody else because they were being followed around. Well, that's great for larger churches, but smaller churches don't have stuff like that. So what's the answer at a small or a middle church? Well, it's all on the pastor to set up his own video, to do yeah. his own live and no offense, but like, we're not good at everything. What? You know, like I don't, yeah. Who would have thought, right? So I, I may know how to like set up an environment and I may know how to communicate, but like, I don't know how to do the lighting right. And I don't know how to always edit post production. And I don't know how to do all of those things. And yeah. I don't always have somebody who does. And so the one thing I thought was pretty neat about the whole vision, Apple vision thing is like, it kind of does some of that for you.
and take mm-hmm. some of that burden off of you. So I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. I'm with you. I want to engage with my congregation. I want to see other pastors engaging with their congregation. But it is challenging with your schedule. It is challenging to get in a repetition of it when, for a guy like me, man, like talking to a screen takes energy kind of out of me. And, you know, digital is not something that I'm used to, but I want to get better and get into it and get, you know, because I know that's where, you know, a lot of people are. I know it's where a lot of influence is gained. Right. It was a mastermind that I was thinking of earlier. If you were like yelling at the audio, if you were yelling at us because I couldn't think of it, it's a mastermind. And so when you sign up for like a mastermind and then you go through this intense like program. So that's a way to disciple. But uh, yeah, there's no... I don't want to say there's right or wrong ways, but there are wrong ways <laughs> to disciple people. There's no one, you know, approach for everybody, I'll say, because There you go. Yeah. Yeah, we're also in a in a growing like we just talked about augmented reality. There's virtual reality that's already out there. It's not as wide stream as I think Facebook thought it would be when they paid billions of dollars for virtual reality, but it will come probably in five, 10 years where it'd be more user-friendly and more widely accepted. And so then people will be in VR church. People will be in augmented reality life groups. But again, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be deep. It doesn't necessarily mean it's discipling. It just means you have another way to reach people, which is good Right. if you don't think that all technology is demonic. But also, I think it just comes with the church needs to pivot. It needs to think like, what can we add? But also, like, if you're that small time pastor, like you said, like, you can't do everything. You have to really just focus on what either you're good at or that you have time for, what actually your congregation wants. Because if you're constantly putting out, you know, resources and information and then nobody's watching it or nobody's getting anything out of it, then you probably should stop because you're wasting your time and you're wasting, you know, just there's no value added benefit to it. But I think there is something to be said for my pastor just did this recently is that we were in a deep series of Jesus in the Old Testament stories that were typography and looking at them as how they point to Jesus and the types and shadows back then. And and so he did this long, like 30 minute video and then uh, actual resource, like a six page resource. And so we put that on our email. We put that on our YouTube where people throughout the week can say, okay, we want you to come in Sunday so that you're ready to go with the message so that you already know these terms. So do your research ahead of time so you can get more out of the message. And I think that's what a disciple does. A disciple reads the word, understands, learns, prepares. And this is a whole other thing, preparing your heart for Sunday, right? Do you waltz in after you fight with the kids? You're 10 minutes late. Your hands are down in worship. By the time worship's over, you've not entered in. And now you're hearing a message and can't wait for lunch. I mean, that's not what a disciple does. A disciple prepares your heart in advance. You're praying in advance, hopefully. You're worshiping ahead of time. You come early, and then you enter in right away for worship so that your heart's ready to hear the word because the word's going to permeate your heart more when you've already given of yourself and worshiped your creator. Now you can hear the word permeates you, and now you respond in prayer. Like All these things are interjected together in such a wonderful way on Sunday that so many people don't take advantage of because either they leave early or they show up late. And so... That's not what disciples do. Disciples really come with, okay, so that's something that all churches offer, worship, sermon, a chance for prayer, and people don't take advantage of it. So it's really not always about what does a church offer, because all churches have life groups, all churches have ways to get involved. It's really about you stepping up into that, you stepping into that and, and taking advantage of what a church offers, because now we're telling a church, okay, add digital onto everything you're doing 
And now people are going to have a heart for God and be on fire. And, and no, like it's a heart issue. People will not be a disciple just because you have 5,000 things for them to do. You might actually need to cut your menu down so that people can be interactive in just certain things you know are going to be beneficial to them, but having more is not yep. the answer. That's 100%. And that's why it's so important to know who you're built for and who you are as a church. Like you mentioned last episode that your church just built a 24-hour prayer room. It's incredible. I'd love to do something like that here. We don't, bro. We ain't there yet. Right. We're just not. We're just not. We did a prayer wall. We did a prayer wall. Okay, so that's what we felt called to. You've got a 24-hour prayer room. That's amazing. It's incredible. So does that mean that we should have a 24-hour prayer room? Does that mean that you should have a prayer wall? No, it doesn't. Yeah. It means that we've both decided that we value prayer, and now we've both said, well, this is what that looks like for our church. Now, here's what kills me. Here's what kills me. When it comes to digital discipleship, I think that if you asked every church, is it important? I would like to think 90, 95% would say, oh yeah, mm -hmm. it's important. Even if they're not doing it, I think they'd say it's important. Yeah. But then we get these like, I don't want to say it's not dumb but like we get these videos that are put out by churches sometimes. And I'm like, what was the goal here? What was the goal? And it's likes, it's likes, it's comments, it's engagement. Yeah. It's to blow up. It's marketing. And so that means that people start doing trends. Like I saw a pastor the other day and he was like, I'm a pastor. So I get here before everybody else. I'm a pastor. So oh, yeah. I, da, 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 you know, the whole TikTok trip's like, yeah. shut up, shut up, man. Like, stop, like, just stop being that guy, you know, or my favorite is, hey, pastor, quick, do a message on first Corinthians, you know, first Corinthians five. And oh, yeah. he's it's like, like oh, the, it's like first Corinthians. You? Oh. Yeah. Oh, hey. Oh, I weren't expect. I wasn't expecting you to video me. First Corinthians five. Oh, I know I'm wearing this little mic on my collar, but I, oh, I didn't even know I didn't even know you were gonna be here. Oh, First yeah. Corinthians five. Oh, that's a great passage because I have my Bible memorized. And here's what my message would be. It's like, dude. So what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to come to your church because you wowed us with a scripture. We're supposed to think you're so smart now. Like I don't know. Listen, if I'm being if I'm being ridiculous, <laughs> just tell me I'm being ridiculous. But it's such a dangerous place to go. It's such a dangerous place to go yeah. because on the other end of that are pastors like really leaning into culture. And mm -hmm. we're trying to then on Sundays pull people out of culture. How does that make sense? How yeah. on Monday through Saturday can you do videos that are the top trends, not to mention using top trending music that isn't Christian music? Oh, geez. But That's that, a, yeah. I can't stand Thank that. You. Here's the latest Drake song under my Christian Bible verse. Yeah, good one, right? Mm -hmm. and, and then on Sunday, you got the audacity to get up in front of your congregation and talk about how ridiculous <laughs> culture is. You've been living it the whole week. What are we doing? You yeah. played Drake and you did the latest TikTok trend and now you want me to come out of that? Yeah. You're a liar. Like mm -hmm. you're just a liar. So I, it's really challenging because you, you've got to, I can't say it enough, like, 
what you put on social media, you can't like you can't go away from. Go look at your Facebook memories. They're there. And you can you think you can delete them, but they're there. And so you got to just be really careful and really intentional about what you're doing. And you got to know why. And you got to know the direction, just like anything. Like, you just got to be purposeful. Yeah. And you got to ask, like, why am I doing this? Yeah. You know, like, why am I making this Facebook post? Why am I making this TikTok video? So for me, I think digital discipleship, I think it can be done. But here's the kicker. It's really hard. Yeah. And it's got to go past join us for church on Sunday and then seeing you on Sunday. So we have pastors that are like, well, I have this podcast or I have this video or I have this platform or I have this social media account. And it, it, it's got to get past. Look at me. Right. It's got to get past. Look at how I know Jesus, because discipleship is not look at how I know Jesus. It's teaching you what I know, right. showing you what I know, leading you in what I know guiding you and what I know. So it's got to go past like, this is how smart I am, or this is what I can do, or you should come to church, but there's got to be the engagement aspect. I think Zoom groups, I think anytime you can do small groups on a digital platform, things like that, like I think that is is certainly the way to go. But that also means you have to get people really bought into that. That means you got to look at a screen yeah. and that's hard. It takes a lot of time, takes a lot of yeah. energy, but you got to do it. Yeah. And how many people have gotten in trouble from tweets they did five, seven years ago that then they get canceled. And so that stuff is out there forever. And so if you do a trend mm -hmm. that's no longer a trend in two years and someone looks back, like, what was that person thinking? Like, it's not relevant anymore. And so once know. it's out there, it's out there. Also, don't create a, another avatar so that you can tell people things in the Facebook comments. If you're a pastor, people have gotten in trouble for that before. But I think I heard of that once. Yeah. But you have to be careful because I'm a little more lenient on those types of things like trends and stuff being that I'm the social media guy. And I, I, right. I understand the point, but also don't say that you're discipling people online if that's all you do. Like, just be real with it. Like our method, why we have an Instagram or a TikTok for me or my church is to just reach people, just to throw it out there and then hopefully people see it. Like I'm, you know, I could go on for that, but. I would just say like you have to, like you said, know what you're doing, why you're doing it, what's the purpose and vision behind it, and then stick to it. So if that's your vision, then right. stick to it. And don't just do a one-off here and there because then people will be like, wait, this isn't the normal channel stuff. Like it confuses right. people. And then you have a, you know, upcoming potluck on Instagram. And then you have a bunch of different content on Instagram, for example. And it's just like, you never know what you're going to get when it pops up at the church. Right. And so that's why, like, if you have a Facebook, make that specifically for one thing or an Instagram for one thing. I like that approach because there are different demographics on different social medias. And so knowing that, and so maybe on TikTok, you do those funny videos, but don't put it on your Facebook reels. Don't yeah, put it on your Instagram that. reels. Keep it on TikTok where it's relevant, right? where it's actually a trend and where you have that even relevant music that's hopefully still Christian. I got so, in trouble for that once. I put a trending song on my thing. This was years ago. in it. Didn't know until someone in the comments said about it being unclean and I removed the video, but yep. yeah, it's yeah. not fun. No, it's not. And you know, it's this pressing want to, to have something go viral. Yeah. And we all want that. You know, there's that pride in us and there's that want in us. You know, I know that deep down everybody listening is like, no, I just want Jesus to be made known. And I don't think about that at all, but you do. We all do, and it would be great if you woke up tomorrow and all of a sudden had a million followers. It would change things. Yeah. But but yeah, like 
We got to know why we're doing it. I like your approach of saying that like different social medias for different things. I'm curious, let's say that there's a ministry listening to this podcast and you were to tell them that they can only get on one social media platform between Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok. Like there's only one mm. social media platform that they can be on. Where do you think churches would be most effective? Wow, that's tough. Yeah, I know what my answer would be, but I want to know what yours would be. Can I say get on Meta? Because that covers Facebook and Instagram. No, okay. Nope. No. I'd say as much as, I don't don't know, I'm the older school guy too. I'd say Facebook still, if you want to have a page, if you want to have groups, if you want to have messaging, if you want to have all that stuff, then Facebook's probably the best spot for that. I'd say you could probably just do Instagram at this point because it is kind of trending to that, especially for the younger demographic. And you can do a lot of those things on there too. That's kind of what I would say if you had to pick. Okay. Yeah, I was leaning towards Instagram because I I see the same things. Like you're starting to be able to segment people into like chats and things like that. And yeah, that's really cool. So I want to share a story with the ChatGPT. We talked about this before too, but I had a call with a company that's helping churches use ChatGPT. And I told these guys, I just wanted to be on the call to because I, you know, it's my wheelhouse. And I told these guys like, you're at the, you're like pioneers on this, like five, 10 years down the road, it's going to be saturated. But you guys are like, so good on them. Like maybe that's what I would do if I had, you know, their shoes at this this point just to kind of get ahead of it. But it was interesting. What they offer for churches is three things. The first one is a, a chat GPT software that learns your sermon. So the last two to five years of your sermons and then creates your church name, chat GPT. And so what that does is you can put it on your website and people can go to it and ask questions about anything. What does this church believe about fill in the blank. What does this pastor, what has this pastor said about the gifts of the spirit? What has this church preached about the book of James? And then it comes from your whole history of sermons, which I thought was awesome. The only downside to that was the fact that you have to actually log into ChatGPT plus, which most people don't have because it's the paid version. So, and you know, there's just that one time that at, you know, 1am in the morning when you're asleep and somebody logs in and ask a question and chat GPT answers it the wrong way and they screenshot it and they Mm -hmm. throw it out on social media and you're unaware. (laughs) It's that one time. I thought about that that too. Like what if if some of your sermons have kind of, you know, maybe you changed a little bit over the years or they don't quite match up. Like what if there's some conflict (laughs) even among your sermons? Cause yeah. So the other thing now, there's two more things. One is a blog post. So if you just preached on Sunday, you can have a blog post on Monday and the blog post, they actually took one of my previous sermons for the demo and it was very well done. It did not look like just a transcript. It looked like with headers and bullets and just oh, wow. the key things. It was a very well done blog post. The, the problem with that is that blogs are dying. They probably peaked 10 years ago. And for the most part, people don't read blogs anymore. Then the third thing, which was cool, is they take six to eight of your sermons and they'll write you a book, like a legit book. And so if you had a a sermon series on one theme that would turn into a good book, you can actually, it's basically ghostwriting, which has been around forever, but it's basically ghostwriting through ChatGPT. And then I was like, how do you take out like the personalization of the sermons and like the local context and like talking about the weather and all that stuff, you know, and they had all this complicated algorithm that I don't even understand on how to do that. But it seemed pretty legit. Wow. Like they wrote one chapter for me based on a sermon I preach. And wow. that's what and honestly, that's through Chat GPT plus. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so anyway, they do all that for you and with a, a small cost associated with it, the books, you know, a couple thousand bucks. But anyway, that's what, I mean, that's honestly what some of the big preachers do now. They either get it ghostwrited or they take like the sermon series that they just preached and they just yep. make it into a book and do very little work from there. But anyway, that's kind of where some of this stuff is going is more automation and additional resources. But just to close this conversation, I'd say, you know, we talked a lot about what not to do if you're a digital creator and for churches, but if you are a Christian listening and you don't necessarily have a digital platform, but you're like, hey, I need more discipleship in my life. How can I get discipled? What are some good things we can tell people as we close? Yeah, if you're looking to get discipled, I mean, this is an awesome start, like finding a podcast that you connect with that is going to put out consistent content week over week. You know, for me in my life, I have several podcasts that I connect with that help grow me in different areas. You know, some of them are yeah. based solely around biblical knowledge. Others are based around leadership. Others are based around specifically ministry leadership. And then others are based around like how to build community. And it's not even really like focused biblically. It's just like, hey, how, how can you rally people around what you're doing? So I think podcast is a great thing. I still think, you know, that's as saturated as the market is because now let's be honest. I mean, everybody has a podcast. So as saturated as the market is, it's still like the bread and butter of, I believe, how you're going to get discipled digitally. The other thing is like, I would ask someone and try to engage with them. There's a couple pastors in my life that don't live anywhere near me. And I just send them like Zoom links and I'm like, can you do this? Yeah. Can we, can I get 30 minutes with you? Can I get an hour with you? Can I FaceTime you? Can I, like, I will work around your schedule, but like ask for it. I know if somebody reached out to me and was like, hey, I just would like an hour of your time, uh, this date. And if you have anything open that day, like, let me know. I'd really work hard to try and make that happen. Yeah. And so I think that's, I think to me, podcast, find those several of them. And then I would look at somebody's life that you want to be like, like go, Hey, that person is doing it the right way and just reach out to them. I think if you yep. do that enough, that's going to work. Yeah, that's great. Like asking someone in a church to mentor them, to be mentored. And you can do that digitally now too. And you have a wide range of people that may not live right next to you that, that can do that. So that's one of the benefits. The only thing I'd add, I think in addition to all that is to say that you know, if you are going to make a distinction between information and discipleship, because there's no mm -hmm. shortage of information and you might have 20 pastors you listen to. And then what happens is when you're the pastor, you actually go to on Sunday, says something you don't like, you're like, well, this other person I listened to says it differently. Right. And you start to have this wide range of just anybody can tell you what you want. And to actually sit under the pastor you're in the congregation for and to learn from them and granted, their time's limited and they can't necessarily mentor you one-on-one, -on -one, but if you are going to go for information, make sure that it's very specific, intentional, mm -hmm. and doesn't just cover so many bases that you just information overload, you don't do anything with it. Information should affect us in a way that causes us to reflect and causes us mm -hmm. to take action to change something. Just like when you hear a sermon, it's not just for information, it's actually for change. It's for response. It's for right. Holy Spirit conviction. And then now I need to do something different because I now have new information. Yeah. So no matter where you get your information, there always should be a level of 
okay, I need to do something with it. And that's where disciples totally. hear the information and do something with it. So I would, that's more of a caution than anything on how to be discipled. I think a lot of the good discipleship online will cost you money, whether it's a mastermind or whether it's a a Patreon offering where someone opens up their time. And the thing is, you know, I can't stand the comments are like, you're in ministry, you shouldn't get paid for it. Like someone's giving you their time when they could go on a corporate job and get a hundred bucks an hour. Like and they're charging you 20 bucks an hour to be a part of their program. If that's valuable yeah. to you, then either pay it or don't pay it, but don't yeah. tear don't, people down yeah. because they're charging for stuff, you know? Right. Anyway, that's a separate topic, but that's how I would, I would say just discipleship, be intentional, realize that you need to be discipled one way or another, whether in person or digitally. And then, like I said before, we're all called to follow our master, to follow Jesus's footsteps, to be like him, to look like him, to have everything that he stood for and to rub off on us and the fact that people are like, wow, your face is shining. You've been with Jesus, you know, kind of like Moses. When we are in our quiet space, when we're online and, and being discipled in ways where we're looking like Jesus, that will come out where we have the peace of God, we have the fruit of the spirit, and then uh, real life change will happen and uh, evangelism will happen too. So it's great. Awesome. Well, thanks for being with us. Let us know your thoughts on digital discipleship, you can email eyesonjesuspodcast at outlook.com. Please like and share this podcast. We're reliant upon you for our marketing efforts and uh, reach out to us, reach us in the comments. There's also a Facebook community group as well. We post stuff in there exclusive to that group. So until next time, go with God, grow in discernment and keep your eyes on Jesus. Thanks for joining us on the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim. Don't forget to hit subscribe. If this episode blessed you, please share it with a friend. Check out the show notes for more ways to connect with the hosts of the show.